0: Hey there, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Job Pod by Begin and Discover with me, Sam Winwood. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, This is a really, really special episode because we're talking to a newly qualified doctor of three weeks, in fact. uh, And I'm not too sure when you're listening to this, but we are currently... In a pandemic, uh, COVID-19 has taken control of our lives and she has really been thrown in at the deep end. So we really do tip our hat off to her. Her name is Kate McMurrah. She goes into lots of depth about what it's like studying medicine, what it's like being a junior doctor, what it's like being in year 10 and thinking, God, am I going to make this commitment now, Etc. And she also covers loads of different roles in a kind of doctor team within the NHS. You know, for example... um, midwives and physiotherapists and nurses etc and loads of other roles that I didn't even know about this is the perfect episode if you're considering going into the healthcare industry if you're considering studying medicine but you're not too sure yet maybe you could go down a different route 100% right for you give it a listen let us know your thoughts at the end uh, and enjoy thanks so much Hey kate how are you
1: doing hello hi Sam.
0: <laughs> how are you doing you good
1: yes i'm good thank you how are you
0: yeah very well I'm trying to trying to cope in this environment as we all yeah. are right um yeah. right okay so you know about to discover and the job pause yeah. my first yeah. question to you is going to be my my lovely nan doris mm-hmm. has walked into the room okay. and she just goes kate what do you do can you tell me in 30 seconds what you do please
1: okay hello doris <laughs> nice to meet you sam's nan. um i am a doctor wow just about i'm wow. a newly trained doctor
0: oh you no know my nan should probably go you absolute hero like
1: oh,
0: you, oh <laughs> she really would like oh i've just tipped my hat off to you so you're newly qualified sorry i interrupted yeah, yeah.
1: so literally within well a couple of weeks i've been started um a bit early because of what's going on at the moment but that's yeah. all right because we were ready so yeah, definitely
0: okay wow going off what my grandma Doris would say she's going well, mm-hmm. tell me how how on earth did all this come around then like what made you get into medicine in the first place What's the process
1: so quite a lot of people I think who want to do medicine have like a a personal reason maybe they've been in a hospital someone they know and then they've yeah. been really inspired by it I was lucky enough that I didn't have that. Um, but so it wasn't really an obvious route for me to go down. Mm. But we always had quite a lot of animals at home, to be completely honest. And so <laughs> we dead, First of all. Ah. Um, and then so I did some work experience in that and I was about 14. And I thought, yeah, I, like that would be good. I think that would be good for me. Um, and then I found it really frustrating on my work experience how There was this ceiling of care that because of money and because of insurance and because of animals being animals obviously you're not going to do a heart transplant on a dog yeah but i found that really frustrating because actually there is things you could do but we were limited by so much so i kind of went away from that a bit and also i realized i was quite scared of cows which probably wouldn't have been ideal to be a vet (laughs) um so kind of moved away from that and thought I, i like science at school um i like talking to people maybe medicine maybe not i don't know i think it's just all about just getting experience because i did you you don't know what it's going to be like so just work experience is just such an important thing to get
0: it's just such a big commitment isn't it going Mm. into medicine that's the kind of that's the something that i want to focus on because if people listening to this are in that mind of like do i go down that route like what's the process what was your thought process into getting into medicine it's
1: tough. So it's is, a it is big commitment because it's five years minimum. So some unis do six, um, and you can do six if you can do like a year out where you take another degree in it. Um, so it is a big commitment, but I think once you have done work experience in it, and once you've, I think it either clicks for you or it doesn't on work experience. You either want to go back to work experience and actually really see yourself doing that, or if there are doubts, then that's probably when you should not rush into going to uni to do it and actually mm. take a year out, maybe do some like healthcare work or something like that. I know quite a lot of people who've done that mm-hmm. and actually see if it is for you or not because once you've started on the course, it like six years seems like a long time, but it just goes by so quickly. Yeah. And I think you have to be sure that you actually want to do it before you start.
0: Yeah. So the process of getting into medical school, right? Because I've mm-hmm. I've known some some of my friends that didn't get into medical school but they went and then did a, a biology degree for example and yeah. then went into is that another way of doing
1: it yeah so you can do it straight out so from um a levels yeah most i think you have to do biology and chemistry and then depending on uni some require maths. So like the oxbridge ones require maths as a third a level but um I'm at Birmingham at the moment or just finished at Birmingham and they didn't require maths at all. No. Um, so biology and chemistry and do whatever you want for the third one and generally three A's. Some need A star AA but yeah, again, varies on the uni. Fair. Um, and then you have to do something called the UK CAT which is like an aptitude test. Oh. Again, some unis take that into consideration quite a lot. Some of them aren't really that bothered. What some is that? Don't... Sorry? I,
0: if somebody's really like an... playing dumb.
1: <laughs> no, no, so it's um it's an aptitude test based on I think there's four different areas there's like a maths area an English area like an abstract reasoning bit and a situational like you get given a situation you have to say how you would react in that situation kind of thing and it scores you and puts you quite arbitrarily I think on a score compared to everyone else Right. um so some unis really take that into account and have cutoffs like no we're not going to take you if you didn't get above this but some unis really like Birmingham didn't even look at it um so I think getting into medicine it's not it's not easy, like it's quite rare for someone to get all four offers. So when you're looking at universities, really look at your what you've got and what you're bringing to the table. And if you've done really well in your UK cap, for example, apply to the unis that really focus on that. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, it's not the end of the world, just just don't focus on those unis, because that's just a bit of a waste of an application almost, if they've got a cut off of a certain score, don't think oh they might take me because they just they've got so many applications, they just do a call yeah. at
0: that point
1: yeah that's um, true. so it's about being quite strategic with it and seeing what what you've got and whether it matches what they're looking for
0: so for somebody who's currently going through their a levels at the moment is there anything else that they can do to really stand out
1: so that ex, like it's classic the extra yeah. if you've been on the apple team or if you've done hockey or things like that but also having done some research into current medicine and what's kind of what's emerging obviously the people this year coronavirus will be a great thing to talk about Um it will without fail come up in every single med school interview I'm sure in the next for the next year. Coming back to your previous question because I forgot <laughs> to say it um, you can do graduate entry so if you don't get in the first time and you decide you want biology or biomedical science yeah. sorry, um, or biochemistry or something you can then apply after that three years. Okay um, It's slightly harder to get into but it is another option
0: yeah that's cool that's good to know i just know it's quite notoriously hard to get into medical school and i Mm -hmm. just that's just a new way of doing it um cool so talk me through from first year to your fifth year if you condense it into like five minutes if you could like talk to me through what was that like starting as a fresher all the way up to graduation
1: so i mean freshers was great i feel like (laughs) everyone has a great freshers yeah Um, (laughs) that's no different (laughs) um it's quite weird I think going to med school and you're used to being quite confident in the fact that you can do science and you know you're quite good at it and it's something that you're like you've done well in to get to in that's kind of a prerequisite but when you get there you're with 300 other people that have also got those grades and also find it uh, like they understand it and they find it that they've been at the top of their year Mm. so it kind of can I think it throws you a little bit not being because you're, you're just used to being kind of nearer the top yeah and so you have to get used to actually that playing field is a lot more level now mm. um and i think that can be a bit of a confidence hit for some people definitely mm. in the first year and the exams are hard like then they they're not easy and no one finds them easy and so you do have to work hard for them and that can be quite stressful yeah so um but also though it is so important to remember that it's really not the end of the world i think i went into it having worked for medicine since year 10 or something Mm. thinking okay this is my life now this is what i want to do and you you have to be very switched on for it and then you get in and you get there and you then you think oh is this it like (laughs) (laughs) What, what
0: what what makes you go is that it
1: I think because it's just such a big thing that you've been building up for and there's such a lot of anticipation and then you get there and you're actually then at the beginning of the journey, like it's then five years till you graduate and then it's another two years till you pick a specialty and another six years, seven years till you're a consultant. So it's I think only when you first get or only when I first got to med school did I realise that that was actually the start of the process. And I think if you put too much pressure on yourself before that, you can kind of just feel a bit exhausted of it before you've even started. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just kind of remembering that it's not the be-all and end-all and you have yeah. to maintain those hobbies and those things that you really enjoy in that downtime as well because it's a long haul. It's not just a – you don't just get the grades and get in and then it's quite easy sailing from there. It's, it's not.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. That, totally. Um, mm. So going mm. from – freshers to your fifth year how does mm. like work it how does the work experience work within that degree mm. is that is that a stupid question yeah. I don't know no, but, no, no, not at all. Um,
1: so it does I... vary on the uni so I think like Oxford and Cambridge you don't have any clinical time in the first two years it's very much all lecture based and most unis have the first two years like preclinical, it's called where you are sat in lectures learning about diseases and about well you learn about normal first and then abnormal and then what you might do for treatment and things but I think it's pretty universal that in third year you then are a clinical student and you're then on placement, um, and then just different unis do different things about yeah. what rotations you do on those placements and things. But okay. once you're in third year, it's a lot, it's a lot easier because you're learning on the job and you remember that patient, you remember what that patient had wrong with them, and you remember how that you treated or the doctors treated that patient. Mm. So it gets a lot easier. And I think second year is probably the hardest year because. You feel like you've you've done two years now, and it's getting quite hard, and you still haven't really seen a patient, so yeah. it can be a bit demotivating. But actually, yeah. you've just got to push through that bit because after that, you feel like you're working.
0: Definitely, I tell that, that makes total sense as well. Mm. And then, how does it work in terms of like exams and finals and stuff, as you, as you call it? Obviously, this is a bit of a, a unique mm-hmm. situation yeah. given co- coronavirus, yeah. etc. But yeah. for, for in general, how does mm. how does all that work?
1: So for most other uni courses you get like a first or a two one, you get graded. Mm-hmm. Um, for medicine you don't really it's pretty much you, you pass, have pass. you
0: have to pass. Yeah. Wow.
1: Um and then I think it, in most unis like the top 5 10% get honors but mm. that doesn't really count when you're applying for jobs at the end that doesn't count towards those and it like it looks good on your CV but it's really not something that you need to worry yourself about early on. Um, it's just kind of it's nice if it happens if it doesn't it's really not the end of the world. Mm. Um so yeah it's mainly just about getting through like no one can be good at every specialty and everyone has some that they prefer that they find easier to learn or things that they've done more experience in that area so they know more about Mm -hmm. so it does even out pretty much like there's not there's not a wide range of people who know nothing and people because at the end of the day we've all got to be doctors by the end of it yeah so You've all got to be at a minimum standard.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so my my next question really is: mm-hmm. uh, you're newly qualified now. You've been doing it for yeah. what, literally three weeks, three, or three, how, yeah. Which is mad. um mm-hmm. What do you think the next year is going to look like? The next couple of years, because right? you mentioned to me you've got it's six years until you become a consultant. Like, what's the kind mm-hmm. of progression? I guess that's my question. How does it work after?
1: So once you finish the five years, um, and you actually are technically a doctor, then so then you have you start your foundation years, which is two two years training. Yeah, um, you apply separately. So I'm currently in Birmingham, but I'm moving down to London for those two years. Um, and then after that, you then start to specialize, you start to pick what you're finding what you're finding more interesting, what you're enjoying more, what you think you might want to go into. It's not binding though, like at no point can you not turn around and say, actually, I don't think this is for me. Mm. But by that point, you've had quite a lot of experience in different areas and you've most people by that point have picked up on things that they like, but not everyone has. So some people do a year of teaching at that point because they're not sure or just because they like teaching. And um, some people do like a locum year and things like that, just to get some more experience before they actually pick a specialty. Yeah. Um, and after that, it gets a bit confusing because it depends on the specialty. So I got like um, obstetrics, um, but that's so that's what we call a run through. So after F2, if I apply for obstetrics, it's then a seven or eight year course to get to consultant.
0: Blimey! Um,
1: whereas if you're interested in something like gastro, like um, gastroenterology, you do some more common years at the beginning with other people and then it's so it's like a five years with some other people in hospitals who want to do like respiratory and different areas of the body and then you specialize so it's all quite individual to what specialty you want to do
0: yeah definitely it must be so many specialisms to go down as well Mm. I guess that's the kind of route that you can go down as a doctor Mm. you study it as a general subject and then you Mm. kind of Branch yeah. out. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, am not
1: being too worried about if you don't know what type of doctor you want to be. I think lots of people well, it splits into half. Half of the year when you first come to med school, know that they want to be a surgeon. Know they want to be like, we want to be a neurologist, and it decided that that's what I was going to do. And by the end of the five years, majority of people either don't know or yeah. change their mind. So it's really not something that you need to be sure of at any point until you start. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. And just on that note, becoming a surgeon, is that slightly different? Or do you still have to go through? The, like? the
1: So you all do the first two years, like where I'm going to London, do those two years, your foundation yep. years, everyone does those. Um, and within those two years, you have to do um, a rotation of surgery, at least, mm. um, so that everyone has the same kind of basic skills in that. Yep. And then if you want to do surgery, you then the next kind of decision you make is a surgery versus medicine decision. Mm-hmm. and then you go a couple of years down that and then you start to say what kind of surgery you like and things so it's yeah. it's quite similar really um yeah. and for example things like obstetrics are a bit of surgery and a bit of medicine so that's why they take us out earlier of that common pathway and say actually you're going to do your own thing now to go to consultant because yeah. there's the no point you doing that similar structure to the rest of yeah the for table. sure
0: yeah definitely so
1: makes sense
0: okay. yeah no, it does it's,
1: it's well, taken me a long time to get my head
0: I know <laughs> I can imagine my my, other question is who do you think this is right for?
1: I think lots of people would make brilliant doctors <laughs> um, but unfortunately not all of them get into medical, and that hmm. is a massive shame and I think especially when the, we're in a situation where the country needs doctors yeah. everyone can be like well why is it so hard to get in but it is hard to get in for a reason because actually you do need a certain amount of scientific knowledge to be able to use it to help people yeah um, and also you need to be a specific kind of person not something that you necessarily recognise in yourself when you're only 17, 18, but I think that's the whole point of the interview process is they're quite good at narrowing down those people and actually saying, we think this is quite good for you. Um, So for example, I applied to Oxford, but I didn't get in, but in retrospect, that was the best decision ever for me. (laughs) They definitely saw me and thought, I just don't think she's right for Oxford. Really? Actually, Their selection process is very good at saying, this is the type of person that does well here and at the time i was obviously like devastated and i was like i'm not good enough for oxford and things like that but actually now i am so glad that i didn't get in because that was my top choice at the time and i just wouldn't have thrived there at all yeah Um, so going back to your question which i've now forgotten it
0: it, it was who do do, do you think the right person would be Mm. a levels for example
1: yeah so someone that enjoys helping people obviously is important a little bit cliche but that's what we're trying to do
0: yeah trying
1: to help people but also enjoys a bit of a challenge a bit of a puzzle because a lot patients don't come in with classic symptoms all the time they don't come in and it's like an obvious diagnosis and you don't just give them medication and they're better majority of the time it's working out a puzzle and trying to figure out what's going on and why they're presenting like this as opposed to how you'd normally expect and what medication might work for them or what, what might not. So yeah. it is a lot more of a puzzle.
0: Yeah, um, okay. Than just
1: straightforward thing. So I think people who like that kind of, a bit, bit of the unknown maybe, and like having some core principles that you then apply to things, to situations, is quite good. Fair. Um, And also another thing is that the money is not, <laughs> A reason to go into it, unfortunately. <laughs> so there are always a couple of people who apply and end up dropping out because they've gone into it for the money. And yet, like as a doctor, you won't have to worry about money. Like, like it's, You're very privileged that you yeah. don't need to worry about it, and the country will always need doctors, so you will always have a job, and that's brilliant. But it's not something that should be a, like a motivating factor, yeah. read, because you will feel very annoyed age 24 when you're still at uni. And your friends who have done a business degree are earning three times the amount that you're earning your first year and working half the number of hours, yeah. for example. So it's it's not that shouldn't be a main motivating factor, but Absolutely. it's something you also don't have to worry about. So no,
0: that's fair. My other question is: this is more about like the te- a team in the NHS because obviously you've got all sorts of like nurses and yeah, anesthetists yeah. and. Can you just give a general overview of if you can't become a doctor for whatever reason? What Mm -hmm. other positions could somebody do?
1: There are so many um, and no, doctors couldn't do it on their own. And like I have so much respect for everyone else in the team because you are a team and actually it isn't one person that saves a life. It's not very rare, is it like you imagine on TV where it's like, oh, the doctor comes in and saves that person. Actually, Mm -hmm. the whole team work together and work out what's going on and talk to the family and talk to the patient and different things come out so there are so many different things there's obviously there's nurses obviously that's an obvious one that everyone thinks of um and nurses do an incredible job and i'd say actually get a lot more time with the patients so if you're really really caring and that's your primary thing and science is all right but your kind of your main motivation is looking after people. Yeah, maybe nursing something to think about as well, uh, because as a doctor you obviously look after people, but you don't get a lot of time spending with each patient because you're on a ward round, walking around, you see the next patient, this kind of thing like that. Absolutely, um, there's less actual caring for people in that. Um, then there's also things like radiographers, oh, nice. um, different like uh, different imaging techniques. One of my friends is a cardiac physiologist. Wow. So she really likes the heart, um, and so she is very, very good and very specialised at ECGs and echocardiograms. Mm-hmm. So like measuring what the heart looks like, what its trace does, things like that. Yeah. So we, as doctors, will go, okay, we need to look at someone's heart. We we can do it at a basic level, but actually, why not get a cardiac physiologist who spent three years specialising it? They'll mm-hmm. come and do it and tell us more about it. So there's people like that as well. Um, there's also Who else is there? Physiotherapists who do a lot and are very important and not necessarily just in the way that you think of a physio being like muscle rehabilitation for athletes. For example, there's like there's a lot of physiotherapists who are on intensive care units, so patients who are intubated and can't breathe for themselves obviously, they're not moving around very much. So like things can build up in their lungs. So yeah. there's physiotherapists can go and do quite a lot of airway maneuvers to help clear their lungs out. And that's vital for a patient on ITU. Wow. Um, so things like that are really interesting. Midwives, again, yeah. not there, similar to nurses, but also not. And as I, I like obstetrics, but as an obstetrician, I'd be going in and seeing a woman who has been with her midwife and knows her midwife for the past nine months so actually that bond that they have is something that i won't be able to replicate just because i saved their baby or something yeah like, that's not something that you can replicate easily at all and they play such a vital part and majority of deliveries go well and are complication free and so the midwife just does it on their own you don't need an obstetrician yeah. So actually that's quite a good if you like yeah yeah
0: yeah There's,
1: health, like
0: it just seems like there there are loads of roles and i think that's really helpful for Will be really helpful for a lot of people out there because they'll be like, that's okay, well, amazing. well, if I can't, if I want to be in this kind of healthcare profession, yeah. but I don't know which roles to mm. do. I only know about the doctor. It's really helpful yeah. for that. I think that was kind of give them a good catapult into the right area. That's super helpful.
1: Yeah. One more. There's this emerging role that's kind of only really come about in the past few years, but I mm-hmm. think is really a really worth thinking about actually, um, which is called a physician's associate. Wow. Um, okay. So these people do, I don't actually know how many is it is at uni, I think it might be three or four, right. and are very, very similar to doctors in the sense that they can, they, they pretty much can do everything a doctor can except for prescribe, um, that's the only thing, and are very useful, very helpful, and get quite a lot of the satisfaction that doctors get, but have a lot more of a work-life balance, which I think definitely appeals to people a bit. maybe, more, maybe we'll actually. see
0: this more in the future more
1: yeah it's
0: so, coming out
1: as a physician's associate you have a lot more of control of actually i don't want to do a night shift sorry so and they're not expected to and actually they're they're helpful in the day but then they can go home to their families and that's actually something that i think in medicine it can be quite difficult to maintain that balance sometimes and so if you're if you know about that, that type of life that you don't want a life where you're going to have to make compromises and sacrifices mm. actually physicians associate something that might be relevant for you
0: that's really interesting we'll definitely i'll definitely put that in the description in this podcast for sure that's Ooh. super helpful okay awesome i got my last question now okay. is what is your best advice for anybody considering becoming a doctor
1: oh, that's a good question um my best advice I think it would be to make sure that you love it. Like makes like it is cringe, but make sure that you were inspired by your work experience. Because that is what you're going to be doing for we're not gonna be retiring till we're like what 73 or something now. (laughs) So you're, you're in it for a long time it and it's, it's brilliant that you've got a career that will have you for that long. And you've got that career stability, but equally, if you don't love it at the beginning 50 60 years in, you're not gonna love it then either. So So make sure that it is something that it is a vocation, it is something that you, you do have to love to do because it's it's hard work, and it's tiring, and it's stressful. And sometimes everyone I think at points has thinks themselves, why have I done this? And if you don't have that grounding reason at the beginning that you can stick with, and that can you can keep reminding yourself that that's why you're doing it and you do want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult to maintain the motivation sometimes.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's really good advice. I think that's going to be super helpful. Um <laughs> I'm I think I've I'm done about, I'm I think I'm done here but have okay. you got anything else to add at all?
1: Um I suppose with the work experience thing so having said how important it is it is quite difficult to get work experience in a hospital, mm. um, but that isn't the only kind of way you can get work experience. So I did quite a lot of work at my local hospice. And I think that was really good at preparing me for the highs and the lows, because it it isn't all it, like some of it is brilliant and it is, Oh, I saved that life. And that was amazing. They were poorly when they came in and now they're better. But actually a lot of the time, like for GPs or even people on wards where it's not as acute medicine and it's actually more chronic, it's small decisions that are making small changes towards a person's life. And actually, Mm. that's what's helping them. So I think the hospice really helped me to see that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And actually, it's about doing what you can to maintain that quality of life for the patient. And that is something that's so central, because there's no point saving someone's life if you're leaving them with a the rubbish quality of life
0: no, and so true
1: it's something to learn i think quite early on is that it's not always going to be easy but it's definitely about doing what you can do to help that person in so many different ways not just uh, i'm going to save your life kind of way yeah um uh, wow so, that's yeah.
0: that's a really really nice note to end on i think <laughs> thank you very much for your time right. i really really appreciate it that's and okay. uh, this will definitely help some guys yeah. in the future for sure yeah. like definitely um but cool yes
1: definitely, definitely happy as well if anyone's got any questions at any point God. to in between shifts i'm happy to try and help because i know that it can be a bit of a whirlwind at first so.
0: yeah oh amazing wicked i'll have to get your email in the in the link but yeah. cool well thanks so much cheers yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to that, guys. That was Kate McMurrah, a newly qualified doctor. And we honestly thank her so much for what she's doing at the moment, along with the rest of the NHS, which is so marvellous. That was super insightful. I think anybody considering studying medicine will find this helpful. Anybody considering going into the healthcare profession and maybe they want to do nursing or physiotherapy or radiotherapy or God, there are so many. Um, All of the roles and descriptions will be in the description in this podcast um, and links and stuff will be there to help you too please remember to like share subscribe pass this on to your friends that would be great Uh, and if you want to get in touch please drop me a note it's sam at beginanddiscover.com and i'd love to hear from you thanks so much bye